friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Happy New Year. Hello, 2021. I hope you had a beautiful holiday break. We've got a great show in store for you. And if you have a moment to rate and review this episode, it really helps reach new friends so much. And we're really, really grateful when you do. Before we get into today's episode, I want to just take a moment and tell you about one of our incredible partners, BetterHelp. Several years ago, I hit a point in my life where I realized there were some patterns that I didn't want to continue. I was feeling pretty stuck. It was with the help of my counselor and some great friends, and of course, the Lord, that gave me the tools to get unstuck. If there's something standing in the way of your health, happiness, and goals, BetterHelp is here to help you through it. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist who you can connect with in a safe and private online environment. You can start communicating with them quickly and send them a message anytime. They'll respond to you in a timely manner, and you can schedule weekly videos or phone sessions. This is not self-help, and it's not a crisis line. It's a professional counseling opportunity, and because of their commitment to facilitating great therapeutic matches, they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. I think that's really important. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional counseling. They have licensed professional therapists who specialize in a variety of disciplines, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, and more. That means that the right counselor is there to help you with what you're dealing with. I want you to start living a healthier life today. As one of my friends, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Join over 1 million people and a lot of your listening friends who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. Oh, I'm so excited about today's episode. One of your favorite guests, one of the most requested guests, and one of my favorites too, Charles Martin is back. He is one of my very, very favorite novelists, writers, pastor at this point, right? I mean, he has pastored us so much. If you haven't heard him on the show before, he's on episode 133 and episode 212. But he is back today because his new book, They Turned the World Upside Down, releases tomorrow. If you haven't pre-ordered it, go ahead and do that. I'm going to read that this month in January. I would love for you to read it right along with me. So make sure you grab a copy today while you're listening. Here is my conversation with our good friend and one of our favorites, Charles Martin. Okay, Charles Martin, you ready to pastor us? You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> pastor us into I'm 2021. Ready. Oh, wow. Thank you for being the first show of the year. Thank you for having me. I love I love being on your show. Oh my gosh, I mean, really. you are one of the most requested guests. Uh, every time we ask, people want you. And I'm like, you guys, <laughs> he's always on the schedule and you've already got back episodes. He's he's our always coming back guest. So thank you for doing yeah, this again. We've had phenomenal guests lately. I mean, the forgive me for not knowing his name. I, I, the lead singer for Need to Breathe. Oh yeah. Holy smokes, that guy's phenomenal. Okay, well, for starters, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. How can you talk a little bit? The last time you were on the show was the, I think it was the either the Thursday before Easter or the Monday after. You were right around our Easter show. Summer and fall. How was 2020 for you looking back on it? Well, I mean, obviously the the, the elephant in the room is COVID and kind of like how that's changed the world. And Granted, I, I mean, I'm Paul calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. So I, I, I mean, I, I fully believe COVID, you know, travels through the air. I think it's really from the enemy. I do too. But you know, I, that's my, that's my thinking. Now, that's not to say the Lord hasn't done some really cool and awesome things out of it. When 
like when the world shut down in February or March or whatever it was, our oldest son, Charlie, was down in West Palm working on his master's and he, his girlfriend's from Oklahoma and she couldn't get home, couldn't go home and he, he couldn't leave her in West Palm. So they moved back to Jacksonville with us and we really had never spent any time with her. Yeah. So for the next weeks, she lived in our home and, you know, like for the first week, Christy and I are kind of like, oh Lord, I mean, you know, do we give our heart to this girl? Yeah. And we just fell in love with her. Like, like seriously, she's incredible. Yeah. And so now 48 hours, you know, from now, my son's getting married to this girl, Amy, and we love her. Yeah. So there's, there's been some really cool things to come out of COVID for us. My world didn't change all that much because most days I sit in this room and write. The only thing that really affected me, you know, didn't change where I work out or most of that's in my garage or the street anyway, but like going out to eat or going to church or something like that. Those were the two big things that really affected. But my work life, you know, my commute is the same. I get up. Grab <laughs> right. Coffee, so it's, it's not really all that different. I, I think that is so fascinating. Let's talk for a minute about noticing what is from God and what is not of God. Okay. For me, a lot, John 10, 10 helps me a lot. If something steals, kills, or destroys, we know. Like right. that feels like a real good shaker to send everything through. Sure. And to me, that has been, COVID, to me, I just thought, well, this has to be from the devil because it's stealing, killing, and destroying <laughs> constantly. I totally agree. Now, having said that, I, I, I firmly believe because God is sovereign and yes. he is king of the universe and all the authority and power that the enemy have has been given or granted to him by the Father. So everything that we're experiencing will happen for our good and for his mm -hmm. glory because it has been sifted through his sovereign hand. So he, I mean, the Father above is not indifferent. He, you know, he's not just pacing the halls of heaven, popping Maylocks, wondering, oh, how am I going to get my children out right. of this thing with COVID? That's right. When we get to the other side of this, we will see him and see his church grow and his people. I mean, we'll see people fall in love with the father. We'll also see the enemy hate us more. Hmm. I think, I think the enemy's kind of been cut loose to rage right now. That's my opinion. But really? at any rate, having said that, what we're experiencing, I feel like has been sifted by the sovereign hand of God. That brings a lot of hope to me when we remember that. I mean, even as you're saying it, I'm thinking, man, that feels so hopeful that because I, I don't think I've ever forgotten that God was in control, but I think it cannot be what's on the front of my mind. I'm with you. And, and we we so often tend to just look at our circumstances. Our vision is horizontal. We're just looking at the stuff around us and how hard it is and the news. And the I mean, we're just bombarded every day from what's kind of at eye level or ear level. Mm -hmm. And yet Hebrews says he upholds all things by the word of his power. All things still means all things. Yeah, two thousand years has not changed that. Mm -hmm. So I, I have wrestled with and kind of spent time lately, remembering that the Lord said, "If I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to me." This is why John three says, "Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up." I think if we lift our eyes off the horizontal to the King on His throne, we like Isaiah. Jeremiah, like Job, will see the risen king. Hmm. And our, all the rest of this stuff won't really matter much at all. And I mean, when, when this happened to Isaiah, he said, I saw the Lord and I am undone. Hmm. Job said, 
Now I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. I've heard of you with the hearing of the ear. Now I've seen you with the seeing of the eye and I repent in dust and ashes. And so and I bore myself and repent in dust and ashes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just the point is this. If we will not allow our circumstances to speak the truth of what is, but we'll allow the king to speak through his word and the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what is true, which is he is still on the throne. Mm. I think our hearts will know peace that they've not known and hope maybe that has been crushed, you know, in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're looking at 2021 and we're setting our goals and, you know, I'm not a huge fan of New Year's resolutions, but when we're looking to the year and going, man, I hope for this and this and this, uh, we did that last year and very few things we hoped for came to pass, including <laughs> you and I want to take a bunch of people to Israel. Like I know. we had a plan. And, and, and so how do we hope again? Well, all right, this is part of, we'll just, we'll just jump into it. Okay. We'll okay, just jump a little bit into this right here because I talk about this. You're holding the book called they turned the world upside down that releases right. this I'm, week. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm showing you the book thinking <laughs> the listeners can hear me showing it to you. That's great. Carl. That's why nice you got, job. that's why we're a team. I helped you out. I described your visuals. Nice job, Martin. Okay. So <laughs> I mean, look at the disciples, the, the disciples walk up the Mount of Olives they're, you know, about 120 of them. They're with the resurrected king, holds the keys of death and Hades on his belt. Nothing can stop him now. He's defeated Rome, the enemy, death, hell, everything. There is nothing he can't do. They walk up the Mount of Olives, probably about 120 of them. I How think do you Jesus, know 120 of them? Why is it not well, just the 12? Well, I think it says that in scripture, but we'll check it. But I think that there were more than just the 12. I think yeah. it was about 120. There was always more than the 12 with Jesus, right? We just I never, believe. yeah, I just feel the women were always there with him too. Correct. Yeah. Matter of fact, a woman was the first to believe in his re yeah. resurrection and make it back to his to his tomb. But we'll Man, get and, that. I, and I love that part where it says these women were falling along and they used their money to help support this ministry. <laughs> I'm like, that's what's up. Let's go, girls. So all these folks walk up the mountain with Jesus and they think they're just going back to what they've always done, mm -hmm. which is back to a place of prayer, uh, maybe a retreat. It's just outside of Jerusalem. It's right across the Brook Kidron. They can see all of the temple. Everything is yeah, laid they're out. They're used to doing this walk with him. Seriously. Yeah, that's interesting. Matter of fact, they're retracing the steps that they took on the night that he was arrested, tried, beat and then crucified. So oh, they're basically wow. doing that in reverse. Oh my gosh. I think they're exuberant. They're, I think kids are climbing all over him. I think yeah. he's hugging people. I think he's in their faces. I think it's ju a jubilant. And then he gets to the top of the mountain and hops in the father's chariot and returns to his father. And the two angels are standing there saying, why are you looking into heaven? He's going to return the same way that he left. And I think mm. those disciples, those believers walk down that mountain with a singular question on their hearts and minds, which was, what on earth do we do now? Yeah, because I mean, then he's gone and you're like, wait a minute. Correct, correct. They have his commandment to, you know, preach the word, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. He had they're all of the commandments, but they, they didn't have his power to do that. So mm -hmm. they obviously return, they wait in the upper room or somewhere in Jerusalem, and then the walls start, start to shake and we get, the coming of the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. But as they walk out their life as believers, I think they wrestled with the question that you just asked me, which was, 
this feeling of hopelessness. Like, how do we do what he said to do? And, they, and then they had to remind themselves of everything that he said. So part of what I try to do in the book is I try to walk through as best I can. And, agree, and granted, I'm fallen and I don't get everything right. But I think some of the emotion that they felt was, I feel like you left me alone. Mm. And then he reminded them in his word and the Holy Spirit reminded him. And so this takes me back in the book to when Jesus is 12, Passover, Mary and Joseph come for the Passover. They celebrate, they leave, they walk a day's journey outside of Jerusalem, which if you understand the topography, that means they've walked downhill for a day because Jerusalem is about 2,500 feet. Everything else in that land is below there. So they walk downhill a day, They and Mary looks at Joseph and says, have you seen Jesus? And he says, no, I thought he was with you. I thought he was, so they, he's not with them. They turn around, walk back uphill. The scripture says something amazing. It says three days later. Yeah, so they're looking for three whole days in Jerusalem. Think about, think about what that mom is doing oh, for three days. I know. Also, it ought to make you feel like for Christy and I as parents, I mean, we have left our children when they were younger. <laughs> I totally admit it and confess it. And Reeves, I'm still sorry, buddy. I know we went to eat and left you, and I'm sorry. Okay? You home alone, your child? I totally. I, I mean, I, I'm so sorry. And and John, I did not see your national championship fight, and I'm sorry. And I I mean, I really, okay? They come back after three days. They find him, and he it says he's teaching in the temple. I don't – I tend to believe he was probably on the southern steps – arguing or debating with the Pharisees because that's where they did that on the okay. Southern step. It's also the same place. Peter gives a sermon in Acts two. It's probably the place where Saul held the clothes of those who stoned Stephen. It was kind of the meeting place uh -huh. of the whole world. Which and you can still go to today. Those steps still correct. are there. They find him. He's, he's debating, although it's not much of a debate with the scholars and they're, they're amazed at his knowledge of the Torah and how much he could remember. And I mean, granted, he spoke it, so he knows it by heart, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mary says an amazing thing to him. She says, didn't you know that, that we would be worried about you and looking for you? And I tend to think she probably would have said it like, Christy, have you lost your ever-loving mind? <laughs> yeah. And Jesus says something amazing, which had never been spoken by a rabbi before. He said, didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? Mm. And he's claiming there to be the son of God. And he's using the word father in an individual sense, where at, which is illegal in the law because he's claiming to be the son of God. In the, in the corporate sense, the, the nation of Israel had known God as father corporately. And it had been prophesied in the Psalms and in the prophets that there would be one who would call him father individually, mm -hmm. but it had never been done. So we see this introduction of the word father. That's the first time ever that a rabbi had said that. First time. Wow. First recorded time that we know of. Now, sure, sure, sure. This is the one to speak it. And in Psalm, I can't remember, I can't remember, maybe 84, but don't quote me on that. He, it says- <laughs> If you're even in the him, 80s, I'll be impressed. So right. It says he will call him father. Okay. Mm. So this is the first time we hear this from the lips of Jesus. And these men get really angry at him. So 21 years later, from that date, these same men will gather on that same mountain and they will kill the man that boy becomes because he claims to be the son of God. All yeah, because so they've heard him for 20 years saying that. 20 years he said that. So the disciples also hear this. If you look at the recorded words of Jesus, I always thought he talked about two things the most. He talked about the kingdom of heaven and money. And that is true. He yeah. does talk about those the most except for 
Father. Mm-hmm. If you look at the recorded words of Jesus, he says the word Father over 165 times. Some people have counted up to 180 something. I can't wow. find that, but 165 plus times, which is beating these folks over the head. And he's trying to bring them into a place that they understand the intimacy with the father that he has had since the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. That's why he prayed in John 17 so that they, meaning us would know the love you and I have shared. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except this whole thing for Jeep for Jesus, this rescue mission of the King of Kings. The reason the King left his throne and came here was to not only save us from hell. Yes, he absolutely does that. Thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But the point is not just saving us from hell. The point is to take us by the hand and lead us back into the lap of the father Mm -hmm. so that we know him because the father misses his children. Yeah. One of the cool things, and I'll get back to your question in a minute about this hopelessness. I'm having a great time, so you just keep on. One of the really cool things that happened in this chair right here in, you know, a year and a half ago as I'm working on this is I'm researching the name father, which is in the Hebrew is Abba. It's actually a transliterated word. They wrote down what it sounded like, Abba. It's actually A-B or A-V. But when you say Abba, you got to get out of it so it sounds like Abba. And I also think like when Jesus is on the cross and he says Abba, father, Uh I don't personally believe Jesus said Abba, father. I believe that's a I believe that's a um, the work of the translators in Greek, putting the word father or pater next to Abba because they didn't really have a word that meant the same thing. So they're signaling for the reader, hey, this word Abba means father or at least as close as we can get. But we don't really have a word that means the same thing. Some folks say daddy gets pretty close. And yes, there's intimacy in that, but I don't like it because it doesn't go far enough. Yeah. Okay. So. As I'm working on all of this, and I'm trying to unpack the the Hebrew words for Abba, the father reminded me of when my boys were little. We have three boys. Charlie's 23, Jonty's 21, Reeves is 17, going on 18. And when they were little and Christy's nursing, you know, in their first couple of months or whatever, she, you know, nursing is not always this successful thing. So three o'clock in the morning, she would bring me this crying, screaming, sweating, peeing, pooping thing <laughs> yeah. and, and hand me this child and say, here, you do something with him. Mm-hmm. And I would pick him up and take him out to the living room and I'd strip all his clothes off and change his diaper. And then I would take my shirt off and lay on the sofa and I would cuddle him up in my on my chest. And invariably all kids do this. They'll tuck their knees up like in the fetal ball yes. and they'll kind of cuddle up next to you. And before too long, when they would settle down, they would tuck their nose into the nape of my neck mm. somewhere. Yeah. And when they could smell me, they would go to sleep. Oh, wow. And Christy would come out the next morning and she would look at this, you know, us sleeping or at least the baby. And she would, you know, say, I have this stuff and I can't do that. Mm. As I was researching these words, these definitions of the word Abba, one of the definitions is I long for your scent. I think the father longs for us and he desires for us to know his scent and to know him intimately. And somehow to answer your question, when we look at all of our new year's resolutions and 
all of the stuff we never do and our fitness and our, and our working out and our diet and I'm not going to do all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I think the father would have us just simplify it and say, just be still for a minute and know that I am God and I am your father. And it's my desire to return you to me and I love you. And will you just come spend time in my presence? Mm -hmm. And I think if we would do that, we would love more deeply. We would forgive more quickly. We would laugh more deeply. I, I know this would be true for me. Yeah. And I don't have a monopoly on this. And I'm not doing it all right. But I I have a sense that that is his heart for us. And while the world may be raging and COVID may be this and people may be saying that, if we would just pause a minute and just grab his word and climb up into his lap and just ask him, Father, would you father me? Let that be the prayer of 21. Father, would you father me? How different? I mean, what would you worry about? Right. What, what would get at you? Like, what, what, seriously, what would, what would unhinge you? Mm-hmm. I don't think there would be that much that would get to us, if anything. Mm-hmm. How do our friends who, because when I think of that, I think, Man, that feels so safe to me because my actual earthly dad is so safe right, and right, so right. good and and does anything I need. How do we help our friends who don't have good memories with their earthly father to Man, experience a- God? I mean, is it just the same prayer and let God answer it? Okay. I've, I have friends who have experienced the very thing that you talk about. Friends whose earthly fathers were physically just brutally abusive. Mm-hmm abandoned them, rejected them, sexually abused them, twisted their skin with pliers. I mean, like they don't have, I don't have their experience. My dad loves me, has always loved me. He's not a perfect dad, but in my eyes, you know, he's pretty close. And so I don't, but I have friends who have, have been in the place that you've just asked. And as I've wrestled with them in their life Mm -hmm. and kind of walked with them and tried to walk with them to the cross and to Jesus and what I have felt the Lord say is, Charles, just bring them to me. Hmm. Just just bring them to me. Yeah. And, and let me do what I do. So it's not something I can do. I can't convince them. I can't I can't play enough songs that 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 talk about how their dad is a good right. father. And I, and, right. I, and I love that song, okay? And I and I, I love it when it's sung, but this is not a it's not an intellectual thing that happens. I can't convince them because their experience is far different. Mm-hmm. What has to happen is a a spiritual transaction that only the Holy Spirit can can do, and that is to be deeper than their wound. Wow. So I've, I've spent a lot of time praying with them and for them. Father, would you just be deeper than their wound? Yeah. And would you be deeper than their memories and their scars? And would you heal those places? And would you just father them? And would you just lead them to you? And I can, I can, I mean, Scripture says signs and wonders follow follow those who believe. And I have seen this. I have seen the wonder and the miracle of abused men with horrible circumstances and 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 not great dads. Yeah. Fall in love with the father and today pray prayers that floor me. Mm-hmm. And they know him with intimacy. And so it's possible. I mean, that yeah. it is the reason Jesus came to return us to him. So our circumstances don't negate that. It don't, it doesn't make it somehow impossible doesn't mean the the more you've been hurt and the more you've been scarred and the more you've been abused that you can't the father is there wanting to return his children to the to 
co-heir with Jesus. Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation with Charles to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Ritual. These days, as we're all trying to stay safe and healthy, it's smart to keep up on our routines that support our minds, souls, and bodies. Taking a multivitamin is one of the many ways we can do that, and my multivitamin of choice is Ritual. I've been taking Ritual vitamins for about a year, and I love knowing that each of the ingredients is clean, vegan-friendly, and in forms that my body can absorb and use. Their fresh tasting, thank you to the little minty tab, delayed release capsules are designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of the stomach so you can take them with or without food. They're now available for women, men, and teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages. Ritual is not your typical multivitamin. They're delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. No running out and forgetting to pick some up at the store. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. I really respect companies that stand by their products like that. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering my friends 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your ritual today. Again, that's ritual.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Charles. Twenty twenty was the best year I've ever had with Jesus. It was reading the Gospels every month. I mean, I just like when I got to December, I was teary almost every day reading because I thought I don't know what because that isn't my plan for this year. This year I'm going to read the Bible start to finish. And but a lot of our friends listening have read read the Gospels with me every month, and a yeah. lot of our friends listening are starting that this year and doing the Gospels on a loop. And and so to me, your new book, They Turn the World Upside Down, picks up an axe. It is like the perfect book for us to read at the start of this year. So that's the first one I'm reading. I'm going to invite all my friends to do the same. It comes out tomorrow. But will you talk a little bit about why it's important to read Acts when you're reading the Gospels or after you read the Gospels? Why are those so good next to each other? Look, the people who first believed in Jesus were just a bunch of broken, unbelieving, faithless, doubting people like us. Yeah, I mean, at the and most, they, they'd been Christians for three years. At the most. <laughs> at the most. I mean, they, and, they, and the Lord chose them yeah. for, this, for this very reason. I mean, when he came back, he's standing in the room. That was It was a locked door. And yeah. he just walked through the wall, and he's standing there. And I believe Jesus shed all his blood on Calvary. So he's standing there bloodless with holes in his feet, hands, and side. Wait, you think he was bloodless? I think so. I mean, I, <gasps> That's I a cool thing to think about. I've never, well, I mean, not cool, cool, but that I've never thought about that, that he shed all his blood. Well, absolutely. <sighs> Charles he, it says he poured he out, which is if me. you look at that word poured out, it means a complete and total emptying. Ah! And then when you look at the words to describe that this that God the Father through the Spirit raised the Son to life. So the Spirit raised the Son to life. So he's standing there empowered by the Spirit because of God the Father. And they're looking at him, and Scripture says they could not believe it was him. Wow. The first thing Jesus has to deal with is their own unbelief. Right. And their hardness of heart, which I think all of us wrestle with. I mean, even today when I come at the word and the, and I, I still have to, I still have to address and identify my own unbelief 
and say, Lord, I give this to you. I do not want this to be me. Yeah. I I mean, let's just take let's take something really hard. Okay. I quoted it a minute ago, Matthew 10 10. Jesus said, preach the word, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead. How many of us uh, <laughs> have, have the faith to pray to raise the dead? Yeah. I mean, I've done it once and it didn't happen. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he is not true to his word. That doesn't mean he's somehow a liar. His word is true. It never fails us. So they, I think they, they emerge in Acts, and we see Peter become the Peter who Peter is meant to be, and we see maybe the greatest sermon ever given next to the Sermon on the Mount. But you know how I feel about Peter. That's my guy. I love but him. Peter stands up in Acts 2, and he finally becomes the Peter that we all know him to be, and you know, several thousand are added to the number. And then you see this movement where the Holy Spirit empowers these people just like us who don't have it all together mm -hmm. and don't have perfect theology and really don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and they begin just telling people, "This is the Jesus that I know, and He rose from the dead. He is the Son of God, the only way to God. He died on the cross for my sins, and He rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He's coming back." We see this on through about Acts sixteen or seventeen, and Paul and Silas walk into Thessalonica, and it's, Thessalonica is a thousand miles northwest of Jerusalem, across an ocean. That's and so far so, away. We the th reason I mention this in the book is because the message of the way has traveled a thousand miles outside of Jerusalem. This is not some small, pitiful little message that, like, right. you know, this guy did a couple, he's not like some roaming, you know, sandal wearing prophet. This thing has power. Matter yeah. of fact, it has so much power that Rome is afraid of those who believe it because when Paul and Silas arrive in Thessalonica, they're staying in the house of a man named Jason. They drag him out of the house and take him before the elders of the communities, and, and, the, and they say, these are those who have turned the world upside down. Another uh, translation reads, these are those who have upended the inhabited earth. How did they oh, do wow. that? How did they do that? They walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. They preached the kingdom of heaven and that Jesus died for you and my sins rose again and he's coming back. I think that's why it matters for us to link acts because we, I mean, we understand what Jesus said and we know, and we believe what he said, but then they walked it out through the acts of the apostles. I just am so grateful that we have it. I'm so thankful. Look, Luke decided to record it. Yes. I mean that. And so that's, I, I didn't know where you got the title for the book and I, but now it's actually what Rome said about the disciples. Well, it was actually a derogatory term. It was slang. It, it was, it was making fun of them. It yeah. was not it was not a complimentary term, but if you look at it from the side of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is upending all of their traditions and their power. And they even though they crucify and martyr uh -huh. these followers of Jesus, they can't stop. Signs and wonders follow those who believe and people are flocking yeah. to this to this Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. With the Messiah. And I, I mean, talk for a second, if you can, um, the thing I think we don't know or that I don't know, and maybe a lot of my friends don't know because we haven't studied this as deeply as you have, is there were other movements like the gospel, not like the gospel, but there were other men like Jesus who stood up and said, I'm the one you should follow. And Rome's not talking about them. And that's no. not spreading. And that's not around 2000 years later, but there were other people like that, right? 
Yeah, and I'm not a I'm not a good enough student of the history to know um, to know the to know the different ones. But if you look early in the book of Acts, this question arises, and I forget who the it wasn't Gamaliel, but it was one of the rulers speaks to the. They're looking at having an arrested just a couple of the disciples, maybe Peter and John, and they say, "Look, if this movement is of God, it will last. But if you look at the, our experience of the last couple who have come, their movements didn't last, and we didn't have to do anything about it. Right? Let's, let it, let's just let it play out. Yes. And that, I mean, I just think that's a good thing for us to remember when we, uh, my an old pastor of mine who still pastors me a lot named Tom Fraley all uh, talks a ton about how the Bible has survived this long. And like, just look at like, like if you're trying to figure out what's true, what's not true about Jesus, all you got to do is look at how long this thing has lasted. Nothing else. No other worship of anything has lasted like people worshiping Jesus. No. And that's the truth. And that's only because of the power of the Holy spirit. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit's really who shows up in Acts. I think that's why it's fun that it's right after the Gospels too. Is is you get this you get this next act in the story where there's a new character that we've barely met, except Jesus told him he, told us he was coming. Do you use a he for the Holy Spirit? I do. Yeah, he is a he. Okay. So, so talk about the Holy Spirit and why it matters that we study that the third part of the Trinity. Well, because Jesus said he was going to send him to us because he commands us throughout all of the gospels. These things, these things I have done, you will do and greater things you will do because I'm going to be with the father and I'm going to send the spirit to empower you. So Jesus left us with his authority and his, all of his commands. We just, he didn't leave us yet with his power, which is the reason the spirit comes. And so when the spirit comes on Pentecost, the believers are then empowered to do what Jesus did to cast out demons, to preach the word, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead. And all of these things happen. And they just, they are described as signs and wonders followed those who believe. Now I have people ask me today, well, how come we don't see signs and wonders the way that we did, did then? Well, I think that we do. I, I, Mm. I mean, Peter said this, like, how can I but speak of what I've seen and heard? I have seen people healed. I have seen people delivered. I haven't yet seen the dead raised to life, but I know people or I've heard people who have. So have I. I've heard stories. I haven't seen it, but I've heard stories. So what 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 people usually argue is that my circumstances don't lead me to believe what you're saying the word says I should believe. And I'm I'm going, you're right. I'm arguing that what is true is what we read in the word Mm. and that we we have a tendency to allow our circumstances to whittle away at the truth of the word. And, and I don't want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the reason I wrote, what if it's true was this, what if this is really true? What if yeah. Jesus is who he says he is, did what scripture says he did, and then empowered us and, and said what he said for us to do. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That was my, that was my reasoning behind that was my reasoning behind these two books. It was like, Lord, if you really are who you are, yeah, and your word really does mean what it means, I want to be. I don't want. I don't want the, my tradition. I don't want where I come from. I don't want what people are saying around me to inform what I believe about you and how I believe about you and how I pray. Mm-hmm. I want those things to be informed by your word and what those who believed in you did, and they prayed for healing. They prayed yes. for deliverance. They prayed that the kingdom of heaven would come. They pray. I mean, 
I just want I want them to be the plumb line for my life. I want yes. I want I want the acts of the apostles and the commandments of Jesus to be the grid over my life mm-hmm. for my marching orders. I want to yes. I want to walk before the Father holding up his word saying, I mean, when I get there, whenever that is, I want to get in front of him holding up his word and say, I believe every word of this is true. Yes. You told me I can't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of your mouth. And this is every word. And I've tried to live, even being a broken man, mm-hmm. I've tried to live as though this is absolutely true and I can bank my life on it. Yeah. And that's my prayer. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for Christy. That's my prayer for us and the boys. That's my prayer for folks who read this. I think that, I mean, there'll be prisoners in prison who read this thing and are cut free from shackles. Even though they're surrounded by bars and maybe for a lifetime, mm-hmm. they will, there will be people in prison who are more free than us, uh, than us on the outside because <laughs> the Lord has used his word to cut them free. That's my prayer. Yeah, that's good. I love that part where Jesus says, is he says something about, I have food you don't even know about. I'm like, let's go, Jesus. That's what I want. I want the word to mean that much to me that people go, how are you okay? And I go, oh, I have hope you don't even know about yet. I have food you don't even know about yet. You know, that's right. Right. I love that. So when we read, they turn the world upside down. That's my January book. I'm that's the book I'm going to read this month. I want to invite all our friends to do the same. But then there's also what if it's true. So what if it's true is the gospels written your incredible novel skills put to the gospels. It's all true, but it's just fleshed out a little bit yes and now, that's let, what you've done with this let me, let me just speak to that there's okay when people read some folks when they read what if it's true they see me take my talent as a storyteller whatever talent that is and i have attempted to take what i know of scripture and tell the story as best i'm able and i admit upright and outright from the beginning there's some things i just don't know and i'm trying as best i can to tell the story in a way that it, while being faithful and true to the scripture, tell it in such a way that it makes sense to us. I also know the admonition in Revelation where it says it's really bad for people who add anything to this word. So in real fear and trembling before the Lord, like I asked his permission, Lord, can I, can I tell this this way? And I felt like, I believe he, he allowed me to tell. So when you read what, if it's true, just realize it's not like willy nilly. I'm just sort of throwing words on the page and trying like, oh, you know, it's I am trying with all faithfulness to keep it as close to scripture as I can. While here's an example. It says when Jesus was on the cross that they dipped a sponge in vinegar and soaked it and, you know, pressed it against his mouth. Well, some of us think they were doing that to give him something to drink. That was how it's long been taught for me. Yeah. But if you look at the history of Roman soldiers in the time of Jesus, you had a huge army that had to be fed. And that army, when it's fed, has got to go to the bathroom. And sanitary conditions are a problem when you have that oh, many no. people I'm in a close proximity. And so they had to figure out how do we keep a sanitized army? So soldiers were given vinegar and sponges. To clean their backsides. So when you see this occur on the cross, I don't believe the ser- the soldier was in mercy giving Jesus something to drink. Mm. I think he was dipping a sponge in feces tainted vinegar and smashing it in the fa- face of my Savior 
in mocking him. That is awful. And that would be consistent with the soldiers. So do I know that for a fact? No, but I tend to believe so based on my study of scripture and my understanding. So you get a, you get a sense for my tension. Like I can't say that's absolutely, but I tend to think that's what happened. Right. That's terrible. That makes me cry. So that, that's the same thing you did with they turned the world upside down. Tried to, yes. Yeah. Uh, the what if it's true really focuses on the 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 gospels, the life of Jesus, what he said, what he taught. They turn the world upside down. Really picks up with the resurrection and takes takes you on through the life of those who walked, who dared to walk with Jesus. But in doing that, we inevitably and invariably have to return to the gospels and to the cross and to everything that Jesus said. So it's a beautiful. I just love the way that the Lord worked it out. It was even though we're wa- I'm walking a little bit through Acts and the the lives of these who believed in Jesus. Everything that everything it was just amazing. Everything that I walked through in terms of their unbelief, their belief, their faith, their faithfulness, their their baptism in the Holy Spirit, their preaching, their their desire to be in covenant, their desire their, their desire to preach the kingdom of heaven, their desire to know the Father. I mean, all of those things have their roots in the words of Jesus. So I can't talk about them without going back to the words of Jesus. So I just, I just loved it. It was so neat for me to be able to circle back around and go back to that place. I just, I'm so excited for all of us. I mean, especially with as much as we've been in the gospels as a group of friends over here to now get to go, okay, so what happened with the people who have been, who are so new at their faith. Not only are they new at their faith, the faith is new. <laughs> right. There's not decades worth of church history to help them. There's not There's not a written down New Testament. They don't even have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, they are living acts while Luke is writing it. <laughs> and they, they lived it so deeply that all of the 12 save John were, were martyred for their faith. They yeah. all died because of the name of Jesus, and they tried to kill John, boiling him in oil, and it didn't work, so they they sent him off to an island named Patmos. It just so didn't it, work? They tried to boil him in oil? Why do I not know that story? Where is that? That's what I'm, that's what I'm told. I think it's in Fox's Book of Martyrs, but Ew. don't quote me on that, please. I, I'm, I'm saying more than I know, but that's what I've heard, okay? Yeah. We at, can any, at any rate, all of, these, all of these people die, and they, like... Like, who would you die for? Pick somebody on planet Earth. Yeah. Who would you die for? I mean, maybe for a good person, Jesus says, yeah, I get it. Like, for my wife and kids, I, I would like to think so. Outside of that, nah, there are too many people. You know yeah. what I mean? These, these guys died for the one who saved them. Yeah. And something in them happened at such a deep level that this world we're living in, they just didn't care about. And they continued to preach the word regardless of whether or not they were arrested. They continued to preach the word whether or not they were crucified upside down or skinned alive or beheaded or run through with the sword or whatever. Something about their love of and with Jesus and his love of them, their, their intimacy with the Father was so deep and the kingdom of heaven was so real that they were willing to continue speaking it at the threat and promise of death.
Hey, friends, just taking another short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners feature. We've all had it happen. That fateful moment when your no-show sock slips, slides, and then takes the plunge all the way off your heel and down into the adorable booties you're wearing. How annoying and uncomfortable. It's the, I've got to find somewhere to sit down and take off my shoe to fix my sock scramble. It just does not have to be that way, you guys. Features are the answer. The singular focus of the team at Features has been to create an unsurpassed performance sock for the last 20 years. They've created a sock with a custom-like fit to prevent the issues we all know too well with conventional socks. No more bunching, slipping, friction, or blisters. Every pair of Features feels like a custom fit. The thing I love most about my Feature socks is how comfortable they are. I like the light cushion ones because they have some cushion without being super thick. They make my feet feel great, whether I'm wearing them for exercise or for a full day at the office. Features are engineered to help you achieve your best every day, whether you're working out or on the go. The targeted compression acts like a hug around the arch of your foot. And they're actually designed to match the anatomy of your foot. You guys, there's one with a little L that goes on the left foot and the R, you guessed it, the right foot. This time of year when we're all feeling focused on our health and fitness goals, we don't need anything, especially not uncomfortable socks to stand in our way. Features can help you work out hard, recover fast, and feel great doing it. They come with a lifetime guarantee, and it's a family-owned company, which I love. Hugh Gaither founded the company in 2002, and now he and his sons, John and Joe, own and operate the company in North Carolina. Their mission is to create products that help you achieve your personal best, and I think they're succeeding at that. CY Features has quickly become the number one running sock in America. For our friends here at That Sounds Fun, you can get $10 off your first pair of features by going to features.com and using my code SOUNDSFUN. That's $10 off your first pair when you go to F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com. You get it? Features. And enter promo code SOUNDSFUN at checkout. Again, that's features.com using my code SOUNDSFUN to get $10 off your first pair of features. And now back to our conversation with Charles. There are so many stories and acts of our disciple friends going to jail. I mean, just and and wild stories of how they got out, but so many of them going to jail. One of the things I love about how you write is you flesh all that out and give us pictures of what that really looked like. And what that was really like. But when I think that story of Peter, when the jail doors open and and then I think an angel tell, comes and escorts him out. I mean, right. you just have to be like, I thought I might die here. And now there's oh. an angel to walk me out. <laughs> it's just wild. I, I, I think they probably, I think their minds were probably continually blown with what they were seeing happening. Yeah. And, and how the Lord kept showing up and he kept even though he he wasn't present in body he was present in spirit and that spirit kept doing and multiplying and i mean people were healed by the handkerchiefs that they were carrying yes and by his shadow i'm so i would i would love to see and this has been one of my prayers and i'll just share it with you and (laughs) the folks who are listening one of my prayers has been, Lord, look, please don't let me be a hindrance to what you're wanting to do here. Mm. I, I still believe you are who the word says you are. I believe yeah. you are doing what the word says you are doing. I, I believe you've commanded us to do it. You've empowered us to do it. I know I wrestle with unbelief. Please don't let my unbelief be the the hindrance. To, I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. So would you please come like 
let signs and wonders follow those of us who believe not so that we're all that right not so that we increase but so that you get glory that people are brought into your kingdom that that folks are delivered and saved and so that we're brought up into your presence i mean how how i mean it says when these things happened in scripture that people believed and they didn't just i mean here's the thing about belief like there's a difference in believing that and believing in and here's the difference these people believed in Jesus as the Messiah. They didn't just believe that he was the Messiah. Uh, Scripture says even the demons believe and they tremble. They probably have better theology than us. They, <laughs> right. believe, they believe that. They just don't believe in. Mm. Believing in is, is like you and I standing on the side of one, uh, like a huge bridge over the Grand Canyon, and there's a 2,000-foot drop. And we are standing safely on the side of the mountain, looking out across the bridge, and there are people on the bridge they're strapping that little thing around their ankles and yeah. doing the bungee jump off the bridge. Yikes. And they, they strap it on real tight and then they get up there and they take the swan dive off the bridge and they fall down a thousand feet and it yep. snaps them back up and straightens their spine and they grow four inches and then it happens <laughs> five more times and then they pull them up. Okay. You and I standing on the side, on the, on the mountain side are looking at that little contraption going, I believe that uh, won't save me if I jump from the side from the bridge. Mm-hmm. Very big difference than you and I walking out onto the bridge, strapping that joker around our ankles and taking a Peter Pan off the bridge. Yes. From the mountain is believing that jumping off the bridge is believing in. And these disciples, these people, both men and women who followed Jesus, believed in Jesus as the Messiah. And then they walked with him to their own crucifixion, their own death. And it's just one of the things I try to flesh out in the book. There's a difference between believing that and believing in. And so my prayer is, Lord, I want to move from believing that to believing in. Would you please help? I mean, those two things you've given us for 2021, Father, Father me. (laughs) And Jesus moved me toward believing in this year. Those feel like two very attainable prayers to pray every day as we're walking through this year. Well, two things. Not only are they attainable, but they're not up to us. We don't do them. Yeah. It's God who works in us to will and act according to his good purposes. Right. So he does that in us. It's also his desire to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking him to do something he doesn't want to do. I'm asking him to do something he's promised to do in us. Yes. We're praying in accordance with his will. Father, your kingdom come and your will be done. So I think he's I think he delights in that prayer. I think he wants to. I think he I think he wants to love on his children and pull us up into his lap and yeah. heal these hurts and say, Hey, let me take that. Let me take that wound out of you. Let, let me, let me take that, that blade out of the back of your, your back where somebody broke it off at the hilt. Let me just pull that out. Let me yeah. heal that wound. Can you, will you just, let, just forgive that person. Let me, let me, let me handle them. Just forgive them. Give them to me. Now just walk in forgiveness, walk in repentance and just walk into my kingdom. Yeah. Ooh, you're right. You're good. Charles, we have a couple of questions from our friends who are listening. Can I pose those yeah. to you real quick? Yeah. Terry wants to know, tomorrow, January 5th, is the day they turn the world upside down actually releases. So we'll be yeah. getting it all in the mail from our favorite booksellers. We'll have it all tomorrow. Terry wants to know if you're going to be at San Marco Books on to, on launch day. Yes, I'll be there that evening. Okay. Um, now, the previous night, because COVID has changed the way the you know changed yeah. the world. It used to be that my book tour was two or three weeks. Yeah. And 
20, 30 bookstores. And yep. I mean, that was like the whole John Grisham model. You know, yeah, you show yeah, up, yeah. open your trunk, sell books, whatever. COVID has changed that a pretty good bit. So the night before, I'm doing a Zoom. <gasps> Tonight, this night, this show comes out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's messing with my brain a little bit. But I know. Yeah. Sorry. I got you. I got you. So tonight, the night the show comes out. So tonight, seven o'clock, there is a Zoom <gasps> that I'm doing where I'm going to be talking, reading from this book, talking about it. And and the cool thing about that is that like when I send a newsletter now, it'll get opened in somewhere between 25 and 50 countries around the world. My gracious. And that's just because the Lord did that. Not, you know, but when like tonight on the Zoom, We'll have people from other countries, which just blows my mind. I cannot. <laughs> last time we did it, there was folks. There were folks there from China. I, seriously, think about it. How, how did they get my books? I have right, no idea. Right. But so I'm doing a Zoom, I guess, tonight. Okay. And that is a really cool way for me to get to folks that I would never get to. Now, and, and I'm grateful for the technology. How I do, do we miss sign up it. for that? You'll see it on my social media. Okay. It'll, it'll just, I'll share it today too. Okay, on my social media, there'll be a link and all that sort of stuff. That's really cool. I love the access it gives me to more people, but I do miss the interaction. And I also miss like these independent bookstore owners are friends of mine and they have personally hand sold my books for 15 or 20 years. And many of them are wrestling with how do I stay in business? And so I just told my publisher, even though they don't want me going on tour, it's not that they don't want me. They just... The whole COVID thing. Yeah, you can't. I, said, I can't either. I said, I realize that's like the edict, you know, from New York or whatever. But here's what I'm doing. I'm getting in my truck and I'm going back to these stores. So not only will I be in San Marco Books, but I'll be in in Statesboro. I'll be in Greenville. I'll be in Lawrenceville outside of Atlanta. I'll be in a place in Atlanta and then south of Atlanta. This again, you can see on my social media and whatnot, but I just felt like it was important for me to go back to these folks, whether or not they have an event is up to them, but I'm going to go love on them, hug them if they'll let me, yeah. thank them, sign books, do whatever. That's kind of how we're navigating, you know, the COVID world yeah. with a book tour 2021. Gracious. Um, the other question that came in, your novel, Waterkeeper, that came out in spring of 21, spring of 20. Amazing. Is there a sequel? We need a sequel. You can't leave us like that. Not only is there a sequel, but there will be a third installment. <gasps> I have, Great. I have finished. Um, it's it's actually a trilogy. I okay. set this up from the beginning, or at least I tried to. I didn't know if I could write it, but I said to Amanda, my publisher, I said, "Hey, I I, I think I think Murphy Shepard is a pretty strong character. Yes. I think I could stretch his life out into at least three books. Will you let me do that?" And when I got through with the Waterkeeper, she felt like they were strong enough to. No, the, all of the characters. So, yeah. I mean, from from Bones and Ellie to Summer to Clay to you know yeah. to Gun, that that I just she felt like okay. Let's, so I've written the installment number two. It's called The Letter Keeper. It comes out June of twenty one. There's a reason it's called The Letter Keeper. I love the way the Lord worked that out. It's multi layered on a lot of levels. Oh. My Amanda, my publisher, her boss read it and said he thinks it's better than The Water Keeper. <gasps> I, tend, I tend to think it's pretty good. Um, I don't How have, could you write better than the Waterkeeper? Okay, I, well, I don't, I'm I don't ready. Know, I don't know how. I don't know how in the world. I mean, I don't know how in the world to write a third one that's as good as the second. But here, like, I literally, when I was working on this, I'm like, okay, George Lucas did this. He wrote Star Wars, then The Empire Strikes Back, and then he had to come back with Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I'm not comparing me to Lucas or the, the none of that. But 
It can be done. It has yes. been done. Yes. The Born trilogy did it. That's so right. somehow or another, I'm going to write a third one. As okay. soon as I finish my book tour with They Turn the World Upside Down. But yes, to answer your question, the sequel, The Letter Keeper, comes out in June and you'll be able to pre-order it pretty soon. Yes. Okay. Listen, you just know that we are we are practically a Charles Martin fan club over here. So everything that comes out, we want to talk to you and we will buy it and read it. So I'm excited for us to, as a group of friends, to do They Turn the World Upside Down this month. I think that's such a good read for us. Whether you're starting the Gospels or finishing the Gospels, what a great companion. I think it's a great companion or compliment to the Gospels. I would not recommend that you read it over the Gospels if you got to pick one. <laughs> Instead of, right, no. Hey, but I do think the Lord, I do think, you know, I want to be careful saying this, and I, I mean it. So, Lord, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I really believe the Lord is in, the, in this yeah. book. I mean, I, there were days I sat here. And I felt like he showed me or revealed stuff to me, not new revelation, but just this, the revelation that's been in his word since he spoke it. And he revealed it to me and it was new to me. Yeah. And I was able to put it on the page and I, I feel like it agrees with the word. And there were days when I, I would sit here and like when I wrote this stuff on Father, I cried my face off. Oh, sure. I mean, really, I mean. I just, for some reason, it hit me. I know him as Lord. I know him as God. I know him as Savior. I know him as Redeemer, Justifier, Sanctifier. I know him as all of those names. And, you know, his name in Exodus 34 is covenantal name. All of those I love, and they're absolutely true. And I'm thankful. Yes. But he's my father. Yeah. And that, like the word father denotes in, in the very letters in itself, it contains ownership, mm -hmm. intimacy, knowledge of, purpose, identity. There's just so much in there that I felt like he just, and I just sat here and I just cried. I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't know how to tell this. I don't know how to write it. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do this. So will you come tell it? Listen, there are a lot of people who write about Jesus and you're the one I want us all to read. So I, I trust you so much and how you pray and how you listen to God and how you tell us things we don't know that are so true to scripture. So thank you for being so trustworthy with the word of God. I love it. I love the word. I think I love it a whole lot. I'm grateful that he has given it to us. I'm grateful we live in a place where I can I mean, I got 15 Bibles on my shelf. In some countries, that would get me beheaded. Right. And I'm, I mean, I literally I sit here and I think that, that there, there's life. It's health to one's whole flesh. It's, yeah. it's the, it's the thing my, like it's written on my heart. And when I read it, it reminds me what he bought, what he's already written there. And it's, it, it's living. It, it cuts me free. It's, it, it like literally cuts the chains to my heart from stuff that, wounds me or for my sin or you know whatever it's the the word is precious and so i'm so thankful that like i couldn't have written this 15 years ago i needed i needed the practice of 15 novels yeah. to, to hone my craft to sharpen it to where when i get to this i have a little bit better idea of what i'm doing that does not say i got i like i know entirely what i'm doing i don't but I have some better idea. And so I'm, 
I just think, you know, when I look at his timing, I'm, I'm like, Lord, you, you kind of, you really do know what you're doing because I couldn't have written this, you know, 15 years ago. There's no way. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we need it now. So this is the timing was right on both sides. So Charles Martin, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want us to talk about? You know, I'm going to ask you what sounds fun next, but first I want to make sure if there's anything we forgot, we cover it. I don't know. I, I kind of, I mean, every time you and I talk, number one, I, I don't ever feel prepared. I'm like, what on earth am I going to say? And then you ask these questions and I feel, then I end up talking the whole time and I it's, feel like I've said too much. So, no! oh my gosh, are you kidding? So, but you know, that's just me. Um, I don't know what we haven't covered. I have no idea. I mean, I feel like we've, we've covered the, we basically started with Jesus at 12 and we ended up with Paul and Thessalonica. I that's mean, right. We covered a bunch, right? We did the majority of the New Testament. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, what would you see us onto that? I have, I don't know. Okay, good. So then the last question, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what y'all are doing for fun. Let's see. When this comes out, my son will have been married. So yes. at this point, um, I'm getting my son married. Yeah. 2020 has been hard on a lot of levels, but it's also been hard from a good, I've, I've worked like crazy. I don't know that I've ever worked this hard. I've written five books in two and a half years. Oh my gosh. And I, 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 like I'm like Lord, I, I need a break. I I really need some time to let my well fill back up. I don't yeah. know. Would you please work it out? So it looks like you know January, February. I really what sounds fun to me is to be able to turn off my computer mm -hmm. and not write a single word for a couple months. And I, I'm I'm asking the Lord to let me do that. Yeah. Not because I'm not grateful for what He lets me do, but. Like I, I remember hearing a long time ago, it was an interview with Willie Nelson. He put out like five albums in 18 months or something. And the interviewer said, what are you going to do now? He said, I'm going to let my well, my well fill back up. Yeah. And I think that's so true for those of us who are artists or writers or what, that we, like we don't, I don't fill up my well. The Lord fills it up. And I, I need time with him. I need, I need laughter. I need time with Christy. I need time with the boys. I need... <laughs> I need to grab my bow and go sit in the woods and just be quiet for a little while. I need to get on my bike and ride that way for a long time and turn around. So what sounds fun is to do those things that fill my well back up because yeah. I need it. Yeah. Well, I hope you get those things. I believe you will. That's. I Thank think you. that's a prayer the Lord can answer pretty pretty kindly for you. Uh, thank you for doing this today. We are always so I gotta. Thankful. I got to say this to you. Um, you... You bless us all more than you know, and I, I mean that. I'm not just blowing snow because I'm, I'm listening. You and I are sitting here talking. I th I'm thankful for your gift, for who you are, what you do, how you do it. I pray that the Lord protects you. I mean that. I pray Psalm 91 over you, that He would command His angels charge over you, and that He would continue just to make a way for you to do what you do because we need it. And the hope and the exhortation that you lavishly pour on us is like food for our soul so girl don't stop i won't i promise i won't i love your family y'all have been very good to me so i'm grateful to be y'all's friends and we're it's some someday you and i are going to take a bunch of people to israel sooner hey, rather than later is the plan all of you listening just heard that yes. all you have to do is fill up annie's inbox and we'll go <laughs> hey we'll go as soon as people let us fly i say we plan it for this year or next year all right thank you bless you thank you Oh, you guys, isn't he amazing? Gosh, 
sorry he made me cry. It just never fails. When he starts talking about Jesus and telling those stories, it just gets very real, doesn't it? He's just incredible. Hey, be sure to grab your copy of They Turned the World Upside Down. I'd love for you to read it along with me. And follow Charles if you don't already. Tell him thanks so much for being here with us today. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs TSF. Like, that sounds fun on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I'll do the same. Have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with the lazy genius herself. Her words, I'm not calling her lazy. It's Kendra Adachi. She'll be here with us on Thursday to help us make some good plans for 2021.